you really need uh, to get all the money on the table, which means that you have to get that customer to buy from you again, again, and again. And the way you do it is to be recognizable. You have to have your brand and you have to give them an amazing experience. So this is why market validation means uh, they like it. They're buying it. As soon as you get that, boom, you start scaling. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. Robin Devon Kalandri was gracious enough to join us for an hour to break down why Udropy is a great platform for entrepreneurs aspiring or accomplished. Nearly every need is covered by the passionate team from sourcing to fulfillment. All that's left is to market. In addition to being an e-com manager, Robin is also the face and voice of the company, bringing her energy and passion to both the public, whether that's at conventions or on her own interview series, as well as the back end. Robin, it's good to have you here. Hi, Joseph. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited. Me too. This will be my first go at uh, interviewing an interviewer. And so not only am I hoping to learn what you have to say about your company, but I'm also curious to see how you respond to being an interviewee, which you've also been, you've been on the other side too. Anyways, this is getting way too meta. I haven't even gone to the first question yet. Uh, I want to get right to brass tacks. So uh, we'll start broad. Uh, what is Udropy and why should I have signed up for it yesterday? Oh, <laughs> I like I like how you how how you made out this question. So, um, Udropy is uh, the solution if you intend to do e-commerce dropshipping or e-commerce uh, today or yesterday, of course. <laughs> um, it's an all-in-one solution that allows you to just focus on what you do best, which is marketing. Especially now, um, after the big development of e-commerce uh, and all the competitiveness, uh, you really need time uh, for your business uh, and you need to take your mind off operations. So the idea here is that you have a whole ecosystem of, uh, of services, uh, ecosystem in the sense that there is really something integrated for any need you might have. So you just have to work with one tab open and, um, and, and you just stay there. So Udropy gives you, of course, the platform, the technology to manage your Shopify store and you really manage it from A to Z. So the products, uh, you have uh, all the suppliers you can ask for because Udropy is based on a marketplace model. So you have several suppliers you can choose from with their products, resource products. So if there is anything special you need, we can get that for you. We take care, of course, of delivery in several formulas. We give you, of course, the technology for the fast fulfillment. So having an order per day or a hundred or a thousand, it really doesn't make any difference. We give you the whole invoicing system, tracking system, and all the features that you need to scale your business. Because, uh, as you know, you start drop shipping, but who starts drop shipping doesn't end the drop shipping. They end having a real e-commerce. So you start, I don't know, ordering bulk, um, private labeling because you want to create your own brand. Uh, maybe you need to sell in places where you have to provide cash and delivery services, and this is what we can give you. And Overall, you are assisted by a personal consultant that knows everything about your business and that has this one-one relationship with you and that helps you to scale your business. So as you can see, the point is uh, once you have an idea and you know how to market your product or at least uh, you, have, uh, you have a scheme, you have a project, uh, 
You come to Udropi and we help you with the rest. Now, there is... um. There's one thing you mentioned in there that actually was a question that I had a little uh, later uh, down the line, but it's it's almost perfect to bring it up now because you already mentioned it about mm-hmm. how the continuation of dropshipping, how it might not be worth doing it. And I've got a quote here um, from uh, businessdecasa.com, which I did have to translate into English, but when you have a minimum of market validation, you have to scale. And when you step up and manage to sell 100 products a day, it makes no sense to continue dropshipping. So for listeners who might be thinking dropshipping is the endpoint, which by the way, includes myself, um, what can you tell us about the point where dropshipping needs to end and then what's taking over, which you did mention private labeling, but I want to hear more about that. Of course. So, okay. Um, based on my experience, uh, I have to say dropshipping equals testing. And it's not good for anything more than testing, which doesn't mean that I am taking away any points from the dropshipping dignity, but the dropshipping is a tool. And as a tool, you have to know how to use it. So dropshipping is perfect for the market validation. Why? Because you don't have the products. uh, You just need to know what's the reaction of the public. You need to understand what is the right public for that kind of product uh, but a drop shipping is uh, um even though it's really a, a really simple solution really comfortable to work in drop shipping it's also very unstable mm-hmm. so at a certain point you need to step up from that uh plus once you know that you're selling those five ten products per day it really doesn't make sense uh buying the single products it makes sense uh, buying 100, 200, 500, which means that you're going to pay less per unit because you're buying in bulk uh, and just manage the shipping. Uh, we have a specific feature at Udropi, which is called the virtual warehousing, which means that even if you buy in bulk, you don't need your own fulfillment system, your own warehouse to import or anything. We do that for you. We keep the products at our warehouse um, and we manage shipping from there. So shipping is much faster. You can start thinking about customizing your products because you're ordering in bulk. So you can start, you know, putting your own logos, uh, um, doing your own packaging. But it's, uh, it's really, um, uh, it, it's gradual. Dropshipping mm-hmm. is the first step. Of course, then at a certain point, you can really, you know, start uh, importing and, you know, scaling up a storm. But the, the, the thing is that having an eco-manager, like that's one of the advantages of having an eco-manager because since they're working side by side with you, they tell you when it's the exact moment uh, and they help you to understand also in numbers uh, why it's worth it. They tell you when it's the exact moment to, you know, start scaling your business. And yes, start uh, start working in bulk, start private labeling and just kind of started to let go the dropshipping model and go more to a whole e-commerce system. You know, I'm not even sure I'm going to get to a question too, because as you're describing this to me, it's just like, there's so many things clicking in my head. Uh, One of them is that market validation hasn't quite clicked. And listeners, you know, we're... As, as I as I mentioned to you before we're recording, well, a lot of us are we're, we're getting into it. I know that's where I am. So market validation, as I'm understanding it, as you're describing it to me, is we know that this is going to sell in exactly. the most simplest way that I can say it. Yes, exactly. You're testing your product. You're putting it out there. You're testing different copies and different creatives, uh, and you try to see the the reaction. You try to see how many clicks you get. Uh, um, you try to build up an audience that you want to retarget. Uh, you study their behaviors uh, on your landing pages, on your Shopify stores. Uh, so you try to see um, the success this product uh, can have. And of course, at a certain point, you're going to start selling, but you will want to make uh, that experience uh, the best experience possible for your client, which means that uh, you will have to start creating a, br- a brand. You know, when you start to create a brand, uh, the client uh, can remember you, knows uh, who you are and might purchase again from you the next time. Um, selling right now in 2020 is uh, all about a CLTV. 
So the customer value lifetime, uh, sorry, the customer lifetime value. <laughs> it's midnight. Hey, come on. <laughs> no worries. So you really need uh, to get all the money on the table, which means that you have to get that customer to buy from you again, again, and again. And the way you do it is to be recognizable. You have to have your brand and you have to give them an amazing experience. So this is why market validation means uh, they like it. They're buying it. Uh, as soon as you get that, boom, you start scaling. Mm-hmm. And that's how you mm-hmm. and, and that's where the, the brand side of it comes in. Because the way I'm thinking about this, as you can imagine, I've been doing a lot of research and I'm putting together solo scripts. And it's hard not to be tempted to want to take my own crack at making a store. And I've also tried different online business ventures uh, throughout my life. So the thing that crosses my mind is first I'm if I want to even if I'm drop shipping something, I would want to have my brand all sorted out and ready to go. But this was uh, also mentioned in the in the last interview that I had with uh, Steve Tam who said it was too much effort. It was too much to have the whole brand fully figured out not knowing whether or not the product was going to actually work. So instead, they white labeled it where they just had a very simple, very clean presentation, made sure the product worked, and then they put a full brand together. Yes, exactly. And that is it, it, that is not only how you do it, but that is the mistake uh, that a lot of newbies uh, make. They want everything perfect. Uh, and mm-hmm. I understand psychologically also because just thinking about uh, the investment that you're making, because even though dropshipping is, you know, it's not um, a burden economically uh, compared to other models, you still are investing money, but that's not how you do it. Testing means uh, massive imperfect action. So you put together something, I mean, decent, something nice, uh, but once you start getting some external confirmations, that is when you start perfecting everything. Also because uh, it's all about the data. So you have mm-hmm. you don't know the outcome. Whatever happens is going to guide you through the way you will perfect your brand. So it really has no sense to put every, to make everything perfect in the beginning. You have to always interpret what comes to you and then give your audience, what they're asking for. You know, I, I have a very good feeling that one thing I'm going to do is after we do this interview, I'm going to listen to this again, because you're, you're giving me more questions that, I, that I'm, that I'm quickly enough able to write them down. So I'm definitely looking forward into getting into, into a lot of the granular stuff with you uh, on this uh, down the line. Uh, but I do want to uh, get back to some of the introductory stuff because I want people to also uh, get to know you a little bit more and the, and the company a little bit more in a broad perspective. Um, so the next one that I want to know is your role at Udropy. Uh, it says that you're a brand relations and e-com manager, but there's more to it than that. So uh, tell us about what you do. Yes, well, um, that is a good summary, brand relations and e-com. I always have a part where I keep myself working on the field because that's the best way to, um, you know, be updated and be stimulated. And I love working with clients. But yes, um, I also work with relations from brand, for the relations of the brand, sorry, uh, marketing mm-hmm. And I like, as you know, um, to always uh, get value from people and share value. So as you know, we have uh, all our series. Uh, um, I do reviews. Uh, I really try to absorb uh, as, and give out uh, as much as I can because I'm working with our customers so I know what they want uh, and I try to get everything they want uh, from the other side, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the major players of this industry. And I think that goes a long way because people, as much as it, uh, people would want to take that initiative and just say, oh, I'll just do it, I'll just do it all myself. The, a lot of the information that I've learned from Ricky, that I've learned from the other people that I've interviewed and that I've read online is, this is all coming from people who have spent a long time on this. 
who have learned that first wave of lessons to be able to impart onto uh, other people. So having uh, somebody on the other side to turn to and to talk to, uh, it doesn't just make it easier, but it also, it's more inspiring. It also creates more motivation to say, you know, these people, they got my back and they're incentivized to do it too, because it's, it's your business operation. So you still want to um, generate revenue from it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, the, uh, the, the, the fact is that everybody, 100% or let's say 99% of people that kind of, let's say, made it in this industry, they have all different backgrounds. Uh, so everyone can relate. Um, and they all have their personal stories, but they all have one thing in common. They never gave up. And they learned uh, and very humble. They made a lot of mistakes. Um, so it is very, very important. Uh, there is a side uh, in this industry that is kind of like the Lambo mentality. Um, and that made this industry very, very popular because uh, there is a lot of lifestyle involved. Uh, and you can mm-hmm. see this uh, from uh, a discrete amount of gurus uh, that made it part of their, you know, of their own personal brand. Uh, so show how they live. And uh, there is this kind of, let's call it misconception that drop shipping is uh, something that will allow you to, you know, live in your penthouse or go shopping in your helicopter and <laughs> try in your Lambo. That's the thing. So, People have to, and very often have to, you know, have to bring them down to earth and say, no, this uh, is, uh, you need a long-term mentality. This is a real business. Uh, Dropshipping is not an ATM. It's not that today you start and tomorrow you're crying billions. That's not how it works. Um, And it happens. I mean, people then, they start, uh, they approach, uh, they spend their money. Results don't come immediately, especially Mm -hmm. because they don't understand that results uh, are also not selling because you are collecting data and that is the the, the treasure. And that is when you can start really working. And they just give up. They just give up. It's like you're, you're digging for treasure and you just give up at one meter. So my, my, my goal uh, is really to give them a clear vision, trying to exploit all my, all my authority as a person that is working behind the scenes. So I know, I see it. I see the people who scale. I see the people who don't scale. Um, mm-hmm. And I try to, you know, transmit this kind of mentality. Well, you know, I come from a uh, from from an arts uh, perspective. Like I, I've tried to get into uh, doing uh, comedy uh, earlier on, and I usually wait until I make my guests laugh until I point that out. So that was uh, that was good of me. And there's a there's a it helps to have a good carrot in front of you because I think for a lot of people who made it through, it was difficult, but they can see the end goal, which is I can make quite a lot of money. I can, and, and it wasn't like, like you say at helicopter shopping, which is going to go on my bucket list. But for a lot of people, it was, they weren't in a good place. They needed to pay off their debts. They needed to help their, their parents. They, they, who maybe just had to sell their home. You know, a lot of the people who came into this and who did well were people who, who, who really, who needed it and were, and were driven uh, because the, the options uh, around them they could have the same amount, they put the same amount of money and energy and, and sweat and blood and tears into something that would pay a fraction as much. And the reason why I bring up my own experience in, in comedy is that the carrot there was pretty genuine. Like there are HBO specials, people can do clubs, but everybody knew that only one performer out of 10,000 is going to be like a guy who can sell out a theater who can sell out a stadium. Sure. So for a lot of people, the passion really was uh, the motivator. And there was, an, uh, there was an understanding there. And I guess that understanding is a little bit harder to convey in an, in an industry which ha- there's a lot of money to be involved. But the, the premise that I've uh, established this show on is that doing this is about being a problem solver. And the yeah. more you scale the solution to the problems, the more you're rewarded for it, as you should, because that's economics. Exactly. And uh, the, the, the point is that it's not one out of 10,000. 
you can really make a lot of money. And I have seen customers making a lot of money. It's just uh, a matter of having a method and having uh, the right expectations uh, and working really hard. So it's really just a matter of approach and mm-hmm. solve the problem, of course. So let's uh, let's get to this next one. From what I saw, uh, you were involved in the company early on. I saw a picture of your company as, and you were in in the beta phase. So how did you get involved into the project? Yeah, actually, I I was the first the person that they hired. You know? <laughs> <laughs> number one, um, number zero. I don't know. Um, well, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a funny story because um, it was like a bet with myself. I didn't know in the beginning if it would have been a clever thing to do or or a good experience. Uh, I was just very attracted. Because uh, you have to know, I studied uh, uh, legal informatics and digital forensics uh, in, um, in in university. I got my bachelor's degree in that. And uh, I specialized uh, on something that is the opposite uh, of the whole philosophy and the whole method behind affiliate marketing, which is privacy. Um, so that was one of my things and I was really good in that. And I mean, all my biggest accomplishments in university and after were in this specific, uh, field of privacy, uh, of the consumers, of course. Um, so I, it was always a mat. I mean, I knew very well, uh, the environment, but from that side, so when I started working with Udropi, I used to always say in the beginning, it was like working for the enemy, thinking that I was, you know, working with people mm-hmm. that exploit personal data. But it was really interesting, you know, going on the other side. I was really hungry for that kind of, uh, to, to learn what they do at the other side. And I also wanted to, you know, bring my contribution for, you know, what I knew and what I knew about um, customers. And then the whole thing evolved. uh, And here I am, (laughs) Mm -hmm. basically. Well, I mean, I, like I said, I come from the arts. And so when I started working for people that make money, that that's the artist in turn, that's the artist for working with the enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you understand, but it's still, you know, you got a paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) salary (laughs) money (laughs) (laughs) oh god so yeah you understand yeah but it's a it's it's a good mindset to have so um not that this is you know about me this is about you but i the the big change in in my perspective was after i had lost a sales job that i was i was good at it but there was disagreements with management um, and so I said, you know what, I forget, I'm just going to make up my own job from scratch, which is how I got into podcasting, which is what, what led me to here. And when I started freelancing and I started having to kind of run the operation myself, that's when my mind started to change a lot. I started to understand things from a different perspective because before that I didn't understand profit margins. I didn't understand, um, buying things at cost, selling them at markup. I just, I just didn't, didn't get it. So, you know, one, one takeaway for people listening is that if there's, an opposite side to something, it would help to hear what they have to say because you never know what you'll what you'll learn from it. You don't have to switch sides, but you'll probably learn something. It will make you complete after all. And uh, I mean, you had the good push because you had the necessity. And yeah, I can kind of relate to that because uh, what you know what pushed me to you know step into something that was the complete opposite of everything I had done so far was the fact that I was kind of stepping back into um, the into working. I, I had um, I just had my daughter and she was like two and a half and uh, I hadn't been working since she was born. So I was like, okay, okay, let's do this. And I just did it like this. But that was mm-hmm. uh, that was a big motivation let's say it also you know gave me the strength because being opposite you also have to you know work a lot on your head you literally have to break your brain to understand certain things uh, so that really really um was motivating for me I have to say 
congratulations on being a mother. What did you name your child? Miralen. Miralen. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have been, I don't know why, I, I, under no circumstances would I expecting like a, a Western name like Stacy. I was certain it was going to be a beautiful Italian name. So uh, yeah. good on that. We, inv- we invented the name actually. I, Miralen is not, Ita- it's, it's not, not, it's, we kind of, yeah, invented. The name. Oh, you invented. Okay. It did, it did sound Italian. Because I pronounce it, the, the pronunciation perhaps is Italian. So Miralen uh, can, yeah, sound, uh, sound Italian, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm, a beautiful name regardless. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so you are also an interviewer yourself. You do Grand Venture Heroes, which I understand is like, sometimes it's, no, no, it's the video series of Grand Venture Heroes, but there's also another version of it that's text-based. Um, what I appreciate is your characterization of the guests as heroes. So where did the idea come from? Um, what's its goal? And most importantly is what makes them heroes? Well, so as I said, the goal here is to talk with, uh, yes, big players from the industry that started uh, um, from a situation that could belong to any one of us, uh, but then they really hit the roof and hit the sky and hit the universe. So that's the reason why they're heroes, uh, because... Oh, I'm sorry for um, water cycle. It looks like I live in the middle of the street, but I actually don't. <laughs> I'm in the middle of Milan and people drive like crazy, especially now that nobody's going outside because of, you know, COVID and lockdown. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry for that. Um, it's all good. So the point is that everybody who starts doing e-commerce uh, um, starts a grand venture. And it's made of up and downs and all kinds of uh, rough or less rough turns Uh, so the point is that if you get to the end of it or you get at a good point uh, you actually are a hero because you will have to it means that you have faced uh, a lot of difficulties I mean you mentioned uh, Ricky earlier he is a hero as well and he is one of my heroes uh, um and he is one of these people he 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 started and he didn't succeed immediately and he just hit the nail and went on and went on and went on until he found his winning product uh, but in the meantime uh, it was I mean I mean it was a very stressful moment for him and he it it, it it, it was really, you know, psychologically and also physically, emotionally very heavy. Mm-hmm. So um, this is the point. And uh, as I said, uh, these people are always willing to share. That's what I like. They share everything. They don't keep anything for themselves. They just share value to avoid other people from, you know, doing mistakes, the mistakes they've done. And so that that is the reason why they are heroes. Because, I mean, they actually are heroes because they also help people. Mm-hmm, exactly. And as, uh, as is the show's mantra is that they... They solve problems and they contribute to the net good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that is, that really is a sign of of someone who's a heroic who who gives and isn't even really thinking about what they get back because one knows that instinctively giving is a way of getting something in return by just improving the the the. I want to get the exact word for it. Oh damn it! I, I had this this great word that was just on the tip of my tongue, and I lost it. Just the just improving the 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 general world around us. Because if you improve the world around us, that improvement comes back to you. So it's yeah, it's yeah. all cyclical. Definitely, and it's gonna come back, of course. Uh, oh, it's killing me. I had it's like mesh. This oh, this is a really good word in there. Anyways, anyways. So next question. Uh-huh. You have a I'm I, I'm going a little. Um, uh, left field with this one, um, but we also have some stuff that we want to know about uh, about you as well. Uh, you have a knack for being on camera. So have you always had a performative side to you? Actually, yes, I've did. I, I did. I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, since I was very small, and you know, in school, uh, I've always yes, I've been kind of. I don't know. I like to be in the center of attention. At the same time, I fear it, uh, but when I do mm-hmm. it, uh, it comes up well. 
So I like it. I like acting. I like photography. I like modeling. I, I, I like uh, presenting. Like, I like hosting. Um, it's, it's just something. I mean, I, 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 it's simple for me to connect, uh, I guess, uh, with, uh, with, with the viewer, with the audience. So I guess this is the reason why... I am working at Udropi in this position. It's, I mean, it's not too difficult for me to, you know, um, share the vision and spread out the message. Right. And I, I don't, I don't know if like early on, once you were started working with a company, if that was um, part of the plan or if this was something that you brought to them or they said, Hey, you know, you might be, uh, you might be a good interviewer. Like how did the, um, the the presentation side of it to enter into the Udropi picture. Well, no, actually, I've, right after the the first interview, they told me that that was a, something that they would have exploited ah, because okay. how it went because I was kind of like all over the place, and they're like, "Okay, girl, you have something." So um, the company is a startup. Um, we're just starting. So right now we're gonna all work uh, in the technical part, you know, the e-coms and beta testing the, the platform and everything. But of course, when the brand is gonna start growing, if there is somebody that can speak, that person is you. So, and that's exactly what happened. I started, uh, doing little things uh, and then more and more and more. And now it's like this. Now I, I, I work a lot talking, talking to the public, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I can, what I can say from, um, just from Debutify is that I definitely didn't pitch this idea to them. They, <laughs> they put the pitch out and they, uh, and, and they brought me onto the project because these, these people, they're doing their research. They know what, to, what are all the different channels and all the different avenues um, preparing for YouTube, preparing for social media, preparing for podcasting. It's, it's fascinating seeing how other um, uh, sides of it, the performance side of it, is something that the business side of it is keeping in mind because there's a great need for presentation. There's a great need to communicate ideas and not just to communicate them, but to communicate them in the way that people resonate with and they enjoy. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, they made a, a perfect choice. As I told you um, earlier, when we started this call, I was like blown away just from your voice. You didn't oh, thank you. Yeah, to say hi. And I was already, whoa. So, and you're really good at it. So, yes. Yeah, so oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Is this like I, I, never, I never been to Italy, but I wonder if I would just walk around and everyone is just complimenting each other. Ah, oh, your guy is so beautiful. Ah, oh, your shoes. Ah, oh, it's so beautiful. Is that? Is that? <laughs> am I close? Uh, I don't know. It depends. If you're in traffic, no. Okay. <laughs> but um, no, no, no. It's. Uh, I really think it. Um, I, I like your approach uh, and. Uh, your idea, your goal was to represent who is approaching the industry and that you're genuinely doing it. I feel like I am talking to somebody that is working with you, Droppy, and that, you know, has these mm -hmm. legitimate questions. So that's why I'm saying that that's the goal and you're smashing it. Oh, thank you. Um, our cameras aren't rolling for these, uh, by the way, which is just as well because I'm... I'm not completely beat red, but there's a there's a transitional period. Um, so we, I, I wanted to ask you um, a, a little bit about your. This is this is going to be like an experience question from your perspective, um, because I'm I born and raised in in Canada, and my my running joke is that Canada is basically the United States wearing a helmet. So and I don't know very much about European culture, not having any experience. I don't know much about Italian culture from the experience side of it. Um, but to tie this into an e-commerce podcast yeah. is over time, how would you characterize Italy's relationship with the changing innovations that say Silicon Valley would adopt right away? Because you know, like Toronto, New York City, although they're going through a little hard time right now, but these metropolitan cities are at the cutting edge of whatever the cutting edge is. But I'm wondering how, um, how things were in, in Italy. So what you mean, uh, how, how is e-commerce in Italy right now? Well, yeah, we, it, we should say specifically about e-commerce, but if it's better off you're answering that in general, 
um, because it might paint a better picture, like how Italy took to the internet, how Italy took to smartwatches uh, along those lines. Okay, well, I mean, globalization, um, of course, uh, includes Italy, includes uh, includes Europe. Um, overall, uh, people here are less wild when it comes to buying online compared to uh, the Americans, for example. But this is just because e-commerce uh, and, I mean, the buying culture... And also the payment method, like all the um, credit card system, uh, is really, really brings the American public uh, to buy a lot. So mm. it's a little different uh, in Europe, which doesn't mean that they buy less. It means that it just works in a different way. So in general, and especially in Italy, where, by the way, drop shipping is a thing. It really is a thing. Mm. Um People see things on the internet, are exposed, but you have to understand uh, how to, you know, send the message and how to trigger uh, trigger them into buy-in. So when, uh, let's say, when you start advertising a product uh, and you you generally do it in in English. When you start translating it, you also have to understand a little bit of the culture, try to understand, because what works in Germany might not work in Italy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a very big fragmentation. But once you do that, you start, I mean, once you understand that part, you start selling like crazy. Another thing you have to understand uh, when it comes to Europe, especially when it comes to Italy, but also Spain, Portugal, Greece, uh, so like the southern part uh, and especially the eastern part of Europe, uh, is that if you want to sell online, you have to allow people to uh, pay after delivery. So you have to have a cash Ah, okay. for example. If you don't, you're losing a lot of money. So like a system like Udropi is good because we know these things. We know how it works. That's why you have an eco manager because if your project is to sell, uh, let's say in, uh, I will say Portugal, for example, just because like Portugal and Hungary um, are two countries where right now e-commerce uh, is really going crazy. If you don't, if you start selling because you know that the numbers are good uh, and you don't know about cash and delivery, you're going to have a really hard time selling and you will never know why. And the reason is that you really have to know these places. The same thing for Italy. There is a very low credit card penetration here. So you're leaving on the table 13, 20% of your revenue if you don't integrate uh, uh, cash and delivery. When we're talking about Eastern Europe, uh, you're leaving a lot more money on the table. There are certain countries, like in Romania, you can't even start selling if you don't have cash and delivery. So the point is that Europe is, yeah, there is a fragmentation, but it's also less saturated. So it maybe takes more time, but once you know how to approach the market, uh, ooh, mm-hmm. you're, yeah, yeah, it's, it's party. Mm-hmm. You know, from my, um, just from earlier today, while I was uh, on Facebook uh, for a little while, uh, I'm scrolling and there's plenty of products. And now I, I'm, I look past the veil and now I understand, you know, what uh, what's going on, but it doesn't stop me from being a customer. So there, I just bought this sleeveless a sweater with a hood and a mask. And they said, yeah, you can wear this to the gym. It breathes easy. I'm like, yeah, wear it to the gym. Okay. Yeah, that's totally why I got it. I don't just like red hoods because I like to uh, cosplay or anything. But the point, the reason why I'm breaking this up is because the the pay process was so swift. Um, my my credit card details were already saved into into the web browser, so I just had to enter J. And it says, oh, you're okay. You're, you're Joseph Ayani. This is your address. This is your postal code. Uh, these are your likes and dislikes. And so I click it and the whole thing just fills out automatically. Oh, yeah. Now, 
I've been burned a couple of times. Um, one product that I mentioned in other uh, interviews and on my uh, solo episodes as well is a product that was called Hands-Free Bracket, which was this, this thing that was supposed, you can put like a tablet into it and then you can move it around freely. Well, not only did I never get it, but the website just went down. The reason why that doesn't scare me is because I've, I know the credit card companies, they're so large and they have such infrastructure that they have my back. And they did. They just, they said, okay, well, we'll just send you back the money and then we'll do an investigation. And I said, can you tell me what are the results of the investigation? Because <laughs> I, like, are you going to go to the hands-free bracket HQ and, and address people? I, but it, it, so there, there, it, there can be like a, like an overdoing it to the point where people are now, we've kind of like lost our ability to control our impulses and we're just, and we're just purchasing things. So it does sound like there is a lot of progress made, but Maybe it's a little bit more of a cautious progress uh, where there's just like more, more steps involved. Cash on delivery is just, a, it's a smart move. It's, yeah, maybe if you don't mind, I'd like to see the product first before I pay, if you don't mind, if, that's, if I'm not asking too much. Yeah, well, it's, um, that is something that belongs to Portugal in particular, like the, mm -hmm. the philosophy of seeing the product. The reason why... Cash on delivery is very popular is because uh, there is no credit card culture as in the U.S. Uh, here at all. I mean, credit people just pay cash and uh, not everybody has, you know, an account uh, and, you know, they connect to the card uh, and that's already too much for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and also... People are used to, you know, especially the older ones, uh, you know, they were used to buying from TV. So it's kind of like the same thing. I just give you the money. If they have to start uh, working with cards, it's already too much for them. There is not this kind of culture. In fact, now during the lockdown, uh, um, there has been, a, let's say, a change because a lot of people were forced even though it's not uh, very appreciated in general. In Portugal, instead, it's it's different. It's not just a matter of, uh, I don't know how it works, so give me the product and I'll give you the money. There is a law in Portugal that says uh, that when you receive the product, uh, you can open up the product, uh, check it out, and only then you decide if you want it and pay. So doing cash and delivery in Portugal uh, is a very delicate matter because you really have to, you know, know what you're selling and do a proper job. So if, if you want to, to work one shot, which is something that I really don't like, uh, but th there are merchants that do it, uh, Portugal mm -hmm. is not the place. You know, there, there. This is the first time an observation has uh, popped into my head because I we were taught in high school that one of the main reasons why uh, the Great Depression of the 1920s took hold, it wasn't the deciding factor, but credit cards was one of the the key things, and the reason why is because actually no, though the Depression was the 1930s, the 20s was the 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 decade of excess. What happened was people got credit cards for the first time and they felt freedom. And I think because the, the culture was highly based off of, um, of, of working, um, mothers were working at, at homes, caring for the, uh, tending to the house. Uh, the fathers had to go to work in the factories or wherever uh, they were doing a lot of labor. And so there was a lot of sense of confinement, even though they weren't imprisoned. So when people were given these, these credit cards, essentially they thought, and I can get whatever I want and I can pay for it later. And they got that sense of freedom back. Yeah, and this is something that, believe me, people in Europe don't understand. Like, you're like, how is it possible that there are people that are okay and have the mentality of spending money that they don't have? Here, it's very different. You spend the money you have, and when it's done, it's done. It's not a matter of, unless you're buying a house, uh, then of <laughs> course, you have your loans, uh, but then that's it. So it's very, very different. You see, you have to know these things when, when you're selling. Also because knowing this, you can interpret the data and you can know 
who has which problems, uh, who is more prone to buy-in on impulse, uh, who must be retargeted uh, a higher amount of mm-hmm. time, you know, why you don't discourage yourself. Uh, so you understand the process. It's not simple. You, you really have to, you know, uh, make your own homework. This is why I'm saying that the Lamborghini culture for drop shipping isn't working because who thinks that really you just go and make a lot of money and you run away with the money it means that they're not considering that you all also, you know, have to make your homework. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope maybe at one point, um, just in keeping with our theme of uh, both sides, you know, at one point we can end up having an interview with uh, someone who's had that experience just to, just to find out what actually happened. Because I, I do think it's happened where some people, they just lucked out and they managed to make a bunch of money. Um, but I don't think it's as common as uh, it's made to, as people are alleged to believe. Well, actually, it it was, uh, let's say, something that would happen often in the beginning. I see. You, you would just go, Facebook ads wouldn't cost anything, um, and you would make uh, a lot of money in no time. And I also have to say that this has happened during the lockdown, again, because that Facebook ads was really cheap. Uh, everybody was buying from the internet. Uh, so also at Udropy, we've seen that in general, newbies that had no idea of what they were doing, they would be able to perform uh, really well, really well. I mean, I've also personally seen stores uh, that weren't that appealing, I have to say, and they were... Uh-huh. And like crazy. And it was like, how the hell is it possible? But yes, so we kind of went back uh, because there was an age, an era where this was possible. After that, no, because once you know that there is money, I mean, competition arises and services like Udropy make it really simple to enter, you know, to access this world. So at a certain point, you have to have a valuable offer, uh, a good proposition. You, ha- you really have to have quality and know how to market it. But yes, during the lockdown, uh, I've seen, you know, several cases that brought me back uh, a good five years. <laughs> well, well, if anybody listening um, uh, relates to this experience, feel free to reach out to either of us. Do yeah. both shows. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Always Excellent. white hat though. Huh? Pardon me? Always white hat. So always <laughs> legit. Huh? <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I, I hear that. All right. Uh, here we go. Next one. Uh, this is going to be another uh, gear shift. Uh, so your company, along with yourself, uh, you're present at a lot of conferences and talks. And I'd love to ask about the conferencing circuit, which is why I will. But this year has not been a good year for doing things in person, to put it mildly. So let's let's rewind to 2019. Yeah. Um, what is What events do you get to be a part of throughout the year? Well, um, of course, uh, Affiliate World uh, Conferences, uh, which is, uh, the, these are the conferences uh, from the Stuck That Money group. So they are like the pioneers uh, of affiliate marketing. They are the one that made it a thing that practically built uh, all the culture on affiliate marketing and on e-commerce from there and drop shipping, etc., so they have two conferences a year, one in summer in uh, Barcelona, which is Affiliate World uh, Europe, and then they have one in December, which is Affiliate World Asia. And yes, we, we go to both uh, because uh, that is uh, the event. That's where you meet uh, everybody. That's where everybody does the networking. And I'm not talking just about uh, me like you dropy, but... Everybody who has started, uh, I mean, like the, the single person that wants to invest, uh, just go to these events. And the, what I like about these events is that uh, the day before they start, uh, there is a she-commerce, uh, which is uh, a day totally dedicated to um, girls in e-commerce, of course. Mm-hmm. And it's an event uh, super full of value that focuses on aspects uh, that um, are very close uh, to women uh, working in this industry. And 
it's it's amazing so they the guys from affiliate world conferences they did a great job and i totally recommend every anyone to go there to to um go to the show go to the booths go to uh, all the speeches uh, to every every single thing that they organize of course the parties are amazing yeah, yeah. of course yeah, really <laughs> yeah I, I might have seen some pictures of some hotel rooms yeah. uh yeah oh, no. they're, they're <laughs> wild um but the point uh, is that the value you come home with uh, is uh you you can't quantify it it's uh it you go there and you get those information that actually change uh, your life, change your way of working. And then you just have to go back again and again and again, because it's really an investment. Other conference that I really love and that we go to uh, is the, well, we go to the European Summit, uh, TESS, um, which is, uh, they do it in Prague and in uh, Lisbon. So always in uh, in Europe, uh, but this is more for the um, adult niche, let's say, uh, and uh, gaming. So it's uh, it's more specific. But in terms of personal brand, then there is you know a lot of e-commerce and uh, services. There is a lot of you know e-commerce going on there. So that's the reason why why we go. Um, and then uh, there is the Affiliate Summit. Uh, affiliate Summit, uh, this is for the U.S. They have one in uh, in Vegas. We always go there, which is another huge one, beautiful, well done. And they, they do one in Vegas and one in New York. The I prefer the one in Vegas. And that uh, is the place to go to cover the rest of the world for us. Like once we go there, we, we've, we've done it all. And of course, uh, we do uh, go to the ones uh, in Italy. So mm-hmm. we have uh, Affiliate Expo here that is, uh, is growing. And it's uh, very specific uh, for, for the Italian market. So yeah, it's uh, a lot of conferences. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. But uh, but yes, these are the main ones. That's incredible. I mean, it it's, it's it sounds like a it sounds like a, a heck of a good time from a learning perspective as well as a unwinding perspective. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, when you're there, you just wish you could like duplicate yourself, <laughs> or triplicate, and just go everywhere to all the classes. Uh, and the fact is that, and this is what I love from this industry, that all the superstars, the rock stars, they're all super, super, super friendly. So you can really go up to them uh, and you just go up to an Ezra Firestone, uh, you go up to an Ernest Hatz, you go up to, I don't know, whoever to a town brother um, and to Timber to whoever. And you're like, dude, you're amazing. Now let's talk about some things. And they're super friendly and they give you their insight and they give you a lot of super valuable information and you have stars in your eyes and you go home mm-hmm. and change your business. So that those are the places to be, seriously. I believe it. All right. So, uh, I'm not the, as much as I would love to hear you describe more about the hotels, uh, <laughs> and I suppose, you know, the information side of it too. Uh, I'm going to switch gears on us again. So this was a, I, I picked up a couple of things from Instagram. I'm finding Instagram is a really good place to, uh, learn more about, uh, about my, my guests just because oh. it's chunks of information sometimes there's videos and images. So one of the things that I picked up from your Instagram is that, uh, you talk about how Shopify went from, being a store of its own, and then over time, it turned into an e-commerce platform that we know today. Uh, have you experienced any of your users coming in thinking they're going to be one thing, and then it transformed into something else? Well, yes, uh, in the sense that uh, once they see that, once they have the method and they, they see that things work, they just start going crazy. So 
I mean, the, the sky is the limit once you understand, you know, how to do things. So maybe they come in with specific revenue goals uh, and then they're like, oh, no, you know what? I'm going to hit the million and I'm going to mm. do this and I'm going to do that. So maybe, yes, it's uh, it's more from, from that point of view rather than uh, changing the system. But it's like once you have the method, then you just continue testing products uh, or building more brands uh, and see what can work out. Fair enough. So uh, f- following up to that one, did uh, Udropy undergo any changes of its own or have uh, did the way that the company was envisioned to be pretty much you guys stuck to that track and now you are where you're at? Oh, no, no, no. Udropy is uh, like is meant to evolve continuously. That's the point. Uh-huh. Because we adapt to what uh, the e-commerce industry will become. It's always a matter, like our clients have to always be one step ahead of competition. So we have to understand what the industry will become uh, and adapt to that. So today I am presenting uh, Udropy as a marketplace, uh, but the marketplace model wasn't something we embraced since day one. It's a very recent change because we have seen uh, that right now, when in terms of B2B services, uh, this is what uh, uh, a dropshipper would want, even if he doesn't know. But we know that in terms of... Uh, um, choice uh, in terms of having something you know quick uh, and neat to exploit uh, in terms of price transparency this is exactly what they need and this is just uh, an example because also our features the features that we have uh, and the, the way we work uh, it continuously change it changes we we have a lot of meetings uh, where we sit down and try to understand what is the best. And what I love about this company is that there nobody is afraid of saying, okay, let's erase everything and redo it from scratch. They don't care because if it this is a company built from dropshippers, you know, for dropshippers, by dropshippers, for dropshippers, and you can totally see it because it's always a matter of giving, you know, the best to the client our clients so yes i have to say that Udropy has changed a lot during during the time and will change will change and will we will integrate uh, more features we're gonna eliminate the obsolete ones uh, but it's uh it's really part of the game mm-hmm. and you guys are uh you have a, a a commendable level of ambition and i say that because another one of the images i picked up from your instagram so there's six panels uh from left to right it's apple in a garage google in a garage amazon in a garage harley davidson in a shack facebook and i what i think is a barn house but i'm not 100 percent sure and then you guys and your starting point which was a conference room um so what are you big picture goals well, Udropy is uh, really aiming to become the, the company that will bring democracy to the e-commerce world. Like, that's the problem that Udropy is solving, and that will solve even more right now. Because right now, the, the scenario has this kind of, you know, dichotomy where we find uh, marketplaces uh, on a side uh, and on the other side, we find uh, single shops. Now, for that side, we've seen that Shopify is really, you know, taking over everything because they were the first ones to give a, a very um, simple front-end uh, solution so everybody who wants, you know, to build their own business and not to depend uh, on a marketplace, uh, they just go for Shopify and scale with Shopify. But the point mm. is that once you have the front end, uh, you need a back end and you need a good one because, okay, you have the store, but who's going to give you the products? Uh, and is this person reliable? What if you have problems and who's going to take care of the fulfillment? And what about the invoicing? And what about private labeling, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the democracy is that really 
if you have your Shopify, it doesn't mean that you're going to succeed because your business isn't fixed when it comes to the rest. Udropy wants to fill in that gap. This is why we always uh, try to understand and give the solutions in order for who has a Shopify store to say, okay, I have it. And now I have the same weapons uh, of my competitors on Marketplace. And now I can sell my stuff with the difference that they are on a marketplace. Uh, so they will never be able to scale their business uh, more than uh, X, or at least right now. I don't know if you've seen uh, uh, Jeff Bezos at uh, the Congress. Um, so they have their own problems, but who builds their personal brand uh, doesn't have, they have, they really have their own business. So they can scale it as much as they want. They can really establish their own brand. And we give the proper support for this. Excellent. So I'm going to, I've got one more question for you. And this is going to be an engagement question. So for people who are motivated and they want to get started with Udropy, let's just say hypothetically that all they've got so far is their domain and a Shopify account. Uh, they're going to come to Udropy and they want to get started. What are they going to expect? And what would you recommend they have ready to bring to the table? Well, they have to have an idea of what they want to do. So they have their domain, they have their Shopify, and they should have, uh, of course, uh, a little bit of marketing experience because you have to know how to push your product. You have to have a good mentality. I mean, like a long-term mentality. I will never stress enough this point. And then, okay, that's it. When you start working with Udropy, you work with an e-com manager, as I said. So it's it's really your personal consultant. So when you start sharing these ideas with you, the e-com manager, first of all, of course, they is is really uh, is is a senior specialist. So they they tell you exactly how you can like the method, how you can bring this to life uh, and they set the next steps uh, with you in order for you, you know, to achieve your goals, uh, especially now, for example, that it's Q4. So you really, you know, want to be prepared for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Halloween, Christmas, etc. Um, and, and you just start working and, and that's pretty much it. You go on the platform, you have the products, uh, you push the products to your store. You don't find the product, you ask for it, uh, we find it for you, you push it to your store, and then you just start marketing. It's, um, it's really, let's say, just as simple. That's incredible. And I no promises yet, but I've got a couple of ideas of my own that uh, over time, I'm trying to decide what's the best strategy for each one. So don't be surprised if I reach out to you guys at some point in the future. Damn, you really should, especially mm -hmm. because, I mean, you could also, you know, share your experience uh, uh, after that thing, especially, you know, how it is uh, working uh, with an eco manager, because it really, really makes a difference uh, um, among all our features. Uh, the eco manager, I see that is, uh, I mean, we have several plans uh, and you really, when you compare the the results of the people that work with an eco manager, they're incredible. You really do in three months uh, what you would usually do in a whole year or a little less. So definitely, I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, the beauty of it is, is that um, there's like there's no conflict of interest here because Debutify has a very distinct edge. And it doesn't get in the way of what you guys are doing. And you guys aren't getting in the way of what Debutify is doing. It's a cohesive picture where these different uh, businesses and services are working together to solve our problems so that we can solve problems for others. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've always said that we kind of complete each other because, uh, I mean, we love the Beautify and it's not a mystery because we openly talk uh, about the Beautify because it really helps our clients and it helps us. That's it. It's, uh, so if it works uh, and it allows them to make money, it allows us to work better mm -hmm. and it really is like this. So I've spent a lot of time uh, on the beautify and in the beginning it was because I needed to, you know, understand and, you know, I did a review and etc. But then it was because it was having fun. Mm -hmm. and it was, it was amazing. So yeah, definitely, you know, interest conflict or anything, but it's like genuinely 
to companies that were built uh, from people that come from this industry and that said, you know what? If I had to do that, I would do it like this. And they just mm-hmm. did. So that's perfect. Excellent. Um, just because uh, I'm, uh, I, I owe a great deal of gratitude and debt to uh, Ricky for bringing me onto this project. I'm going to run it past him first just to make sure he's cool with it. I don't see why he wouldn't, but that's the kind of guy I am. So, hey, Ricky, if you listen to this episode, let me know if it's okay. If not, I'll message you on Slack. Okay, Robin, it's been uh, it's been an absolute treasure. Uh, I, I hope we get to, uh, to bring you back because, as I said, there's a lot of stuff here that we didn't get to explore that uh, once I gain more experience and I can get into the more granular territory, I, I would look forward to uh, to continuing on the conversation with you. Sure, sure. This was really fun. So definitely, let's do it again, of course, whenever. <laughs> Another night. <laughs> All right, terrific. All right, thank you again. Thank you. Take care. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.